You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, a little hiatus in the uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, apologies there, but uh, we're back talking the game, the world game, and uh, talking about the state of our football nation on Football Nation Radio, FNR. Uh, Josh Parrish is running the gun and, in, in fact, uh, holding up all the controls so he can tell me whether we get Simon Hill anytime soon or not. But we have a couple of guests. One will be the voice of the game in this country, especially on Paramount+. Plus. And, uh, of course, 10 play. And uh, Simon has uh, quite a, an interesting take on some of these international teams that are contemplating playing down under. And Does I wanna, he now? And I want to uh, um, probe him a little bit further about some of the commentary, uh, which I think is, is most apt and uh, quite, uh, quite accurate um, when you consider the Queensland government is very, very keen to get Crystal Palace and uh, I believe Manchester United to play in Queensland. And when you think of just how little money the Queensland government puts up and offers the game, even though they're one of the highest participating sports um, uh, at junior level. Oh, there he is. The young fellow's just a rocked, a, rocked into our green room. I can see him. In fact, let's reach out to him. George Deneekin. Josh Parrish, and Simon Hill, welcome to FNR. Good to be with you guys. How are you? Mate, you're looking so official with your headphones on. And, <laughs> and, and, well, you know, I like to try and be professional <laughs> on the odd occasion. doesn't always work. Listen, I saw something on Twitter today, and um, Twitter, of course, it's very much in vogue because Elon Musk has elevated it to a status <laughs> that it never, ever contemplated it would reach. But uh, let's t- talk about the round ball code. And you you dropped something which I thought was right on the money. You questioned quite heavily um, uh, what in heaven's name is the Queensland government doing? Uh, you were saying they're, they're very keen to host Manchester United and Crystal Palace. Isn't it Aston Villa and Leeds are on the cards oh, now? It, I, I've lost track on. of all the UK oh, teams. There's, there's, there's bring so down many George. coming over. <laughs> so many coming over. Who knows? You wrote the tweet. <laughs> Tell me about it. What, what, was, what was the gist of it? Because I'm, well, I, I agree with you. I think, it, I think it's a bit crazy at the moment. Well, look, it's, I don't have any particular beef with the Premier League clubs no, coming no, over no. here, if that's what they want to do, yep. and Barcelona the same. You know, it's, it's, it's good for people to watch football, you know, during our off-season here. Absolutely. if we can get them along, then terrific. But my, my, my question is more that, you know, this is being shouted from the rooftops, and I understand why. Um, but if they're, if they're that keen on football, then... Why no investment in infrastructure for our local game in Brisbane? I mean, Brisbane Raw have been playing in Redcliffe about an hour north of the city for <laughs> the best part of two seasons now. Correct. It's a great little stadium, don't get me wrong. And the atmosphere is wonderful. It's, yeah, it's fine. But it, it's it's a long way out of the city. Um, it, it's not owned by Brisbane Raw. It's owned by the, the Rugby League Club. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. you know, Rugby League Clubs seem to be able to to get as much money as they want uh, for redevelopments and different facilities. And that's fair enough. Good on them. Uh, that's their prerogative. But, uh, you know, from our our code's point of view, and somebody puts 
uh, a graph up on Twitter today, and it's it's one that's replicated right around the country. We ha- we are not just one of the biggest participation sports. We are the biggest participation sports in Queensland and in most other places in the country as well. And yet the government investment in infrastructure in all the states is minuscule in comparison to the other sports. Now, that's something that has to change. I'm not saying it's entirely the government's fault because I think our sport has been particularly poor at lobbying uh, for those public monies um, down the years. We don't have a lot of influence. You know, we're still seen as an outsider sport and therefore our game continues to suffer. Um, You know, we've got a Women's World Cup coming here next year, which is absolutely fantastic. And I have no doubt that we'll sell out stadiums the length and breadth of the country. But normally when you get a World Cup coming to your country, the the long-term effect is that you get at least two or three new stadiums. That's right. We're getting a stand roof, I think, at Adelaide and a couple of new changing rooms around the country. You know, it is simply not good enough. And this is a story that has gone on for years and years and years. Um, Look, you know, I can scream until I'm blue in the face about it and people can agree or disagree, but... You know, the fact is, is that if we're going to move this sport forward, then we've got to change this because otherwise, you know, these these big clubs from Europe, they come, they play, they take some money, they leave. And what's what what does our local game get out of it? Very little as far as I can see. Simon, I was struck watching the Matildas uh, friendly against New Zealand, uh, the first one. And that gleaming new stadium in Townsville, mm. it was enough to make me, you know, think that the North Queensland Fury should potentially be resurrected into the A-League, <laughs> such as that well, beautiful gleaming stadium. And, you know, I think most people assumed that part of having the Women's World Cup here would be to have a boutique stadium built in Brisbane as, as part of the investment in football mm. and the legacy of the, the tournament. Don't think it's going to happen, do you? Mm. I mean, not even for the Olympics when they go to Brisbane. Uh, unless we can somehow piggyback onto hockey, I think that's the latest um, thing I've <laughs> heard. You know, I mean, we, we we're not you know we're not capable of getting these stadiums ourselves. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know why because of those participation rates, we really should be front of the queue. But you know, maybe part of this is cultural. I don't know. Um, and you're right about the stadium in North Queensland, which is is beautiful. But you know, you can, you can be damn sure that if the Cowboys didn't exist and the Fury still did that stadium would not have been built. Mm. It wouldn't have been built for football um, because it simply does not happen for our sport. Um, and just on the Fury, I think I said publicly on Twitter today, I mean, in my opinion, they should never have disappeared. But anyway, that's that's another story. I think we lost a whole generation up in that uh, neck of the woods. And uh, we, we spoke to a tremendous young footballer of uh, Indigenous background who cut his teeth at the Fury mm. and is now playing in the Indian Premier League. Uh, a terrific young guy, uh, you know, Willow, David Williams. David Williams, yeah. yeah. Played, played for the Wellington Phoenix, played for uh, Melbourne Heart. And wherever he goes, he is and has been an excitement machine. Um, mm. And that's one of the things we must, you know, rediscover. Uh, the Matildas have a number of Indigenous players, uh, and I think it, it, you know, clearly shows and gives them an edge. Uh, Kaya Simon, to me, every time she plays... You can see her thinking, um, you know, ways to open up defences that other players don't necessarily do. Uh, She moves at a particular tempo and pace that allows her to scan what's going up. Mm. Mary Fowler does it, you know, in a very different way. It's almost instinctive in her. Mm. But Kaya thinks her way through a game and it's just wonderful to see. And occasionally she'll just go, 
I'm going to have a blot at the goal and the goalkeeper's not looking or expecting this. And good things happen when she does that. So there are players out there. We want to see more of them and we want to excite more of them. And you're right, the Fury could have been or should have been, you know, helped to, to, uh, to survive what was uh, an interesting phase, I think, in, uh, in the game at the time. Well, it, it, look, it's a, it's a pathway for a part of the country yep. that is, you know, geographically quite isolated, even from the rest of Queensland, let's be honest, because of the distances. So, you know, we, a whole generation of players from that neck of the woods, and, you know, I'll mention a couple of others from years gone by. Michael Thwaite came from up there, Zenon Caravella, uh, Frank Farina, of course, oh, yeah. famously. Yep. Uh, Steve Corica from Innisfail. You know, th- there are some good players up there. And yet, if they want to become professionals, that their path now is is a lot more difficult. Anyway, look, it you know it would require huge investment to get them back in the league. Whether the money is is up there or the will, I, I don't know. Um, but it, you know, in general terms, this is about moving our football economy forward, which is something that we seem steadfastly and resolutely unable to do. You know, I hear a lot about the legacy of the FIFA Women's World Cup for 2023. And, and obviously, genuinely, as a football fan, I hope there is one mm. and that it's tangible. Um, but I, I fear that a lot of it is is about gender equity, which is which is completely good and, and right. Um, but, but what's the legacy for football um, on, on the back of this? You know, we had an Asian Cup in 2015 on these shores that Australia won. The whole country went gaga for the Socceroos. And then as soon as the tournament packed up and left, we dropped off a cliff. Mm. Um, and, I, you know, I fear the same. I have no doubts that the tournament will be absolutely fantastic. It, it will be brilliant. But what's the long-term effect, particularly for the A-League women's competition? And, you know, by extension, the men's as well. Those are the things that we need to get right, our weekly bread and butter. And part of that is facilities, the right stadiums, um, the right infrastructure, coaching, development pathways, all, all those sorts of things. And you only do that by growing the football economy. And we just seem, you know, stuck on uh, in a time war. We, we don't seem to be able to do it. Anyway, I hope it's going to change. On that subject, Simon, uh, what's your assessment of the A-League being privately run at the moment? Uh, we've gone into this new era of, of private ownership and you know, COVID is, is a huge factor, of course, but we were promised big things uh, during those Congress discussions about how much money was going to come into the game yeah. and how much investment, you know, particularly on the women's side of things. Where, where do you think it's at at the moment with the, with the APL and, and the transition? Well, look, let's be brutally honest about this. It's struggling at the moment. Now, you know, COVID is is a major factor in that. And I've, I've got a lot of sympathy for the league and the clubs who've had to deal with horrendous fixture rescheduling. Uh, I think that's meant that the fans, to a large degree, have lost the thread of, of where the season's at, which is totally understandable. Um, look, I'm prepared to, you know, to give them a, a, a pass with caveats <laughs> for this season. Not, not that it's been great by any stretch of the imagination, because I don't think it has. Um, but next season will be the proof in the pudding. You, you mentioned, you know, big cash injection. Well, I've got that, to be fair, not just the TV deal, but the $130 million from Silver Lake um, that, that has been invested in the sports and the competitions. Uh, we expect to see... Uh, a return on that in terms of the KPI starting to move next season. We need more bums on seats. Uh, we need greater promotion of the game. 
Um, we need bigger numbers watching on TV, both on 10 and Paramount Plus. And yes, you know, obviously, I'm an employee of, of Network 10 and Paramount Plus, And, you know, we, we know that there are issues with the app, they need to be fixed as a matter of urgency as well. Uh, so all these things have to be done. I, I think it's... <laughs> I seem to say this every single off-season. This is the most important off-season yet for the game. Well, I must have said that for the last 20 years and probably, you know, my predecessor said it for the previous 40, but it's true. Um, We've got to start getting these things right. And, uh, you know, the next 12 months is when I hope that we will start to see incremental progress. It won't go from zero to 100, but we need to see things moving in the right direction because at the moment that they're, they're not. Let's be honest. At best, they're flatlining. So, talk to yeah, me about big off season ahead. Talk to me about the competition. Uh, Joshua and I were just talking before we came on board. There are three Melbourne teams at the very top of the tree. Uh, two mm. of them have a real good chance to claim the the premier's plate. It would have been three, except I think Victory got a draw when they needed a win. Mm. That would have put them in a very interesting position with a number of games to play. Western United have had a season to remember, have they not, under Johnny Aloisi? Yeah, sure have. Um, they've been terrific for most of the season. They had a little bit of a dip where their defence seemed to go AWOL for a while, whether that's because Johnny uh, sort of changed the way they played a little bit to try and get more goals because they were winning, if you remember, in the early part of the campaign, an awful lot of games, 1-0. Correct. Yeah. Um, so they, they've become a bit more expansive and obviously perhaps by you know dint of that, they've, they've become a little leakier defensively, but better to watch overall as a result. Uh, and basically, the premiership is in their hands. You know, they, they win their game in hand, they'll go top. They win their three remaining matches, they'll be premiers, which will be a heck of an achievement for Johnny in his first season. I think he got his recruitment absolutely spot on. And I've said this a few times, you know, over the last few months, you get your foreigners right in this competition, you've got a big chance. And his foreigners have been outstanding. Leo Lacroix, uh, Diamante, of course, we knew about anyway. He was already there. René Kurhin is starting to to impose himself on games. Alexander Priyevich is outstanding. Tom, um, Tomoki Imai, another one who was, who was here last season. You know, him, him and Lacroix, for me, are, arguably the outstanding central defensive pairing mm. of the competition. So, And he supplemented that with really good Australian acquisitions. Jamie Young, fantastic. I mean, why Brisbane let him go? I've got no idea. <laughs> ben Garucho has been very good at left-back. Neil Kilkenny, uh, a what, very underrated cog in midfield. What about so, the maturation of young Lockie Wales? Absolutely. And and Dylan Piraeus as well. Yes, yes, you know, yes. So, so he's, he's got a great blend of youth experience and overseas quality and it, it showed um it's just a pity that you know not more people are watching them mm. which goes back to our previous question and that they haven't got a home ground anyway <laughs> <laughs> you we know, digress you talk about timing and how important it is in so many uh, careers and in so many things in life especially whether it be media or whether it be sport uh, johnny aloisi was the uh, the coach at melbourne heart and he recruited a guy called Orlando Engelar, mm. superstar. Only problem is, in a preseason game, he broke his leg against the Brisbane Roar in an FFA Cup trial, I think it was, or something along those lines. Lost him for 14 weeks. Gets sacked the very weekend that Engelar comes back. And Do you think this is the fork in the only, road for Johnny only, Aloisi's coaching career? Well, I, I think it is. Mm. I, th- I think the, the guy's always had a great eye 
for picking quality. And he's done it before, but maybe other things didn't play into that particular uh, that decision-making. Suddenly, though, he's got a tremendous um, back room, John Anastasiadis, mm. who knows uh, so much about the local league. He's got uh, some tremendously young, smart young kids. And as, as Simon has alluded to, what a quality squad of smarts he's brought in from overseas. He's got, he's got a giant... Uh, I love it when he goes – any time their centre-back goes either forward, it's either a goal or about to be a goal. And that's, that, that only happens because, you know, you pick, you pick players who have a particular skill set. And he's, he's a monster when he goes forward. And he has this lovely knack. He's mm. hungry. He's hungry. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, George, the, the interesting thing about Johnny is that I think the Melbourne Heart job probably was a, a bit, little bit too early. early for him. I mean, mm. you know, that was the first job in his senior yep. coaching career. Yep. He's a bit yep. raw. And he went to Brisbane, talking of raw, and, uh, you know, he did quite well there for a he, season or two. Yep. Um, but there, there were things, you know, we all know that Brisbane is was and still is run on the smell of an oily rag. Sure. And I, th- I think there were some, you know, off-field, <clears throat> excuse me, issues that, that impacted upon him. Uh, that's not to excuse his, his records, you know, in the last season or two there because it probably wasn't good enough. Um, but he's probably looked at this job at Western United and thought realistically, you know, he's probably fortunate to have got a third opportunity. Uh, not a lot of coaches do in, in the A-League. You, you get two at best and that's your lot mm. with only 12 jobs. So, you know, the, the fact that he's got a third go at it, I, I think has probably really focused his attentions um that's not to say he's not a good coach because i think he is um but he's just got everything seemingly right so far this season i mean they've not won anything yet but Shit, you know they're in the finals on which, the which is a start yeah three difficult fixtures to go though yeah, Central Coast, away from home. newcastle away and adelaide away on the final day of the season or their final well, game they play all their life. games away they yeah. play all their yeah, games yeah, yeah, away. Yeah. There, there is no hope. So That's true. That's true. Very but, well uh, said. Certainly, well they'd probably Simon. rather play uh, play Adelaide at you know Ballarat or Tasmania <laughs> than they would at Hindmarsh, given the Rockers' atmosphere. Yes. Um, so they've got a tough run in for Melbourne City, though the distraction of the Asian Champions League, um, and you know, they still could get through that group despite a couple of draws in games they could have won. Where do you think City is at with their, I guess, list of priorities? Because we knew the Asian Champions League was a big one for the ownership group, um, yeah. and it may have ended up derailing their. Uh, well, the backlog of fixtures they had to play before they left may have ended up derailing their Premier's plate push. Yeah, I don't know about that to be honest. Um, you know, the, the City have got Perth and Wellington to play. That's their true. Last two games, Perth away. <clears throat> let's be honest, Perth are, are, are a mess at the moment. They, if they can't win that one, they don't deserve to be the premiers. Very cool. Wellington at home, uh, they should win that one. So, you know, that puts the onus on onto Western United. They have to win. It's it's like Man City, Liverpool in many ways. Uh, you know, they they have to win all three games. I think Western to be premiers. Um, which might not be so easy. As, as far as the Champions League are concerned, I still think they will go through um, as one of the three best runners-up. They've got enough points on the board, I think, although I think you need an abacus or a calculator to work <laughs> out with uh, one of the groups only having three teams in it. Goodness knows how they're going to do that. Um, I, I've been a, a little bit disappointed that they they weren't able to capitalise on, on what looks on paper to be a very 
ordinary group mm. that they were in in the Champions League. I think they should have won that section. But, you know, conditions, playing a game every three days, 35-degree heat, 90% humidity. It's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, well, you should beat BG Putnam United. Um, but, but I think City still have... Uh, the best squad and, uh, you know, I've just outlined how much I think of Western United squad, but Melbourne city have got, you know, a real gun squad. You look at that front three, Leckie, Naboots, McLaren, uh, the fact that Tilio and Kolakowski, you know, having to rotate for, for spots, you've got young Jordan boss, who I think has been outstanding in the champions league. Who's pushing for a spot. They've got real strength in depth. And I still think it's going to take a very, very good team uh, to stop Melbourne City. In the finals or for the Premier's plate? Because their nearest Both. opponents in the in the league, the, the two other Melbourne teams, have had their number in, in the league so far this season. Yes. Well, that's true. Um, and, you know, we, we've not talked about victory yet. And victory are 13 matches on beat. I mean, this mm. is, it's a fascinating denouement to the season. You know, I love this where you've got three teams where – you can basically throw a blanket over all three mm-hmm. and say there's not that much between them. That makes for a fascinating finals race. Normally, in, in recent years, you know, we've had one outstanding team, normally Sydney or, or then Melbourne City, who sort of took over last year. Um, this year, it's it's very, very tight to call. Um, so I think it makes it all the more interesting. Obviously, from where I sit in New South Wales, not that I'm biased because I'm from Manchester, so it doesn't matter to me. But, you know, it would be nice if one of those teams was from New South Wales, but goodness knows what's happened to football in this state this season. They're an absolute mess. Well, two massive uh, rebuilds ensuing uh, for Sydney mm. FC and, and Western Sydney Wanderers. Looks like it. Wanderers linked with Lawrence Thomas today, uh, potentially coming back from Denmark. I think uh, that would upset a few Melbourne victory fans if he decided to defect to That's New South Wales. So I didn't see that. He is from New South Wales, though. He's, he's a Sydney boy by birth. That's true. Um, so he's going he's, back to his roots. But uh, yeah. the Wanderers' obsession with replacing Daniel Margush doesn't really it doesn't really click with me. I, I don't really understand that. Did you, did you see Lawrence? his rugby tackle on the Brisbane yeah, yeah. I did, I did. But that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's, there's something in the water. You're, you're, at, underplaying, you're underplaying just how good Lawrence Thomas has been. He, he has become a fine mm. keeper. I first saw him playing, I think, in the NPL. He was playing for Bentley Greens. You might be right. A yeah. long, long, long time ago now. And he looked very special then. Very special then. I thought, gee, this, this young man's got something about him. And uh, the career, um, if I'm if I'm right, um, has blossomed and continued to grow. And to see him overseas, uh, just getting that extra experience. And it's for goalkeepers. It's all about mm. making their mistakes uh, and learning from them. And he 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 to me has grown. He had that shoulder injury while he was at Victory, which curtailed uh, some of his performances. But I think he's got I think he's got the quality to make himself. Uh, a very fine keeper because he's still very young. He is a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. And obviously yeah. he's a soccer, full soccer now. I, yeah. Josh is right, though. I, I, I do feel if that eventuates, I do feel a bit sorry for Daniel Margush because that, that howler against Brisbane aside, he's been very, very good this season. Um, whether he will settle for being a number two again. Mm. Because if you remember the start of the season, they brought in Thomas Mejias from, yes. from overseas to replace him. Yeah. Um, and he's been relegated to the bench. So it, it seems clear that he's on his way at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd feel a bit sorry for Daniel if that was the case, because uh, he probably deserves that number one jersey on, on merit.
Well, Simon, you talk about the need for bums on seats. I think we finally got a storyline to drive the rest of the A-League, that three-way race for the Premier's plate and then the finals. Dare you give us a uh, a prediction for where that silverware will end up? Oh, dearie me. Don't worry, we haven't asked you the other question yet about uh, the EPL. Will it be City or will it be the Reds? Oh, that's an easy prediction for oh, Simon, I think. That's easier for me. Um, in terms of the A-League, oh, it's really difficult because each have got – look, I still think City will probably win the Premiership. I, I think Western have got a draw in them somewhere in those last three, three games, mm. and I think City will win both. So I'll stick my neck out and say that they'll win the Premier's plates. In terms of the finals, it's just it's rich. I, I can't rule out victory. No, you can't. I cannot rule out victory. No, no. The run that they're on at the moment. I know they drew against Brisbane, but you know that, they've had such a heavy shed. I think they've got eight games in April, of which the, the eighth will be against Wellington tomorrow night. Um, but I can't rule out victory. Yeah. Oh, do you know what the great thing would be? And this is no disrespect to Western United. Sorry, Western United fans, <laughs> if you're listening in. Uh, an all-Melbourne grand final. How good mm. would that be at Amy Park? Can I can I give you a glimpse? If there's a guy called Marco Rojas playing for victory, I'll be very uncomfortable because every time <laughs> he looks at a city jumper, uh, he, he just goes, I'm dining out. <laughs> He's like yeah. it's my Uber Eats moment. So and, and he's been he's been tremendous, and I can't understand why he's not in the all white side. Well, he might be recalled soon if this uh, form is Get anything him out to of go here on. Now. But uh, but Simon, you think Tony Popovich is going to break his own personal hoodoo and finally win an A League championship? Well, at some point he's Could be got the year. to, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, if he right. can't do it with victory, then who is he going to do it with? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like sticking my neck out and saying who's going to win it, but uh, if pushed, I'll say victory in the in the finals. I do, I do think City will be there. So let's go for an all-Melbourne grand final and, wow. and victory to win it on the big day and Popper to break his duck. Wouldn't that be incredible? Simon, you've been very generous with your time. Really appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Have a good week. Thank you, Simon. That's we'll go to a stuff. short break, George, because we've got another guest waiting on the other side, Ivan Kelliver from Melbourne Victory. So you've found a goalkeeper, have you? I have indeed. Awesome. Let's do you it. You love talking to goalkeepers, George. <laughs> You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. You just mentioned the Lanco Group and uh, DKP and Associates. I've got to tell you, uh, if it wasn't for their support, we wouldn't be able to get some of our special guests. And one of them, um, at the top of the tree, he's a goalkeeper. And you know how much I love goalkeepers, yeah? Being an old goalkeeper. We've gone to the top. We've gone to the number one at Victory, the, the their custodian. And he's having a very good season. And as you may have heard during our discussion with Simon Hill, he thinks that Victory might go all the way and claim the title. Um, Ivan. Welcome to FNR. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Ivan Kelliver joining us. Uh, what, what have you made of your season at Victory this year? Because there, there were some early moments that threatened to knock you around, but you've bounced back and the team is slowly gathering, that defence looking more solid, and that forward uh, unit that has some tremendous spark plugs is looking very dangerous. Yeah, like like you said, uh, we are basically we were basically a new team started from the scratch. We needed a bit of time to adjust to each other, 
And you know, in how it's how it going how it's going in a football. Every season has its ups and downs. I had mine also, <laughs> but but it is what it is. Uh, we we try to be perfect, but you know, perfect is almost impossible to accomplish. So we want to do our best. Uh, we want to do the best out of our season, and I think we start to start to picking at the right moment. I think we are we are. Uh, defensively we are playing very well and and that's not going just from the, the back four that's that's starting from our, our forward line we are all working hard and at, attackingly uh, in attack we we create some really dangerous dangerous moments and i think we still have yet to show Yvonne, we still have, sorry, we still have a lot to show. <laughs> we got you. We got what you meant, mate. Uh, your English is uh, is fantastic. I just it's... want to find out how good his Greek is. Yeah. He played exanthia. Uh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh my God! protistaxios <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Before this uh, turns to Greek radio, we got subtitles here, mate. We got subtitles. Don't <laughs> we'll worry. Have to, we'll have to move the station to Oakley if this goes on any longer. Uh, Ivan, uh, coming to Australia, we know you had that existing connection with with Tony Popovich, but. What did you know about Australia and the A-League before you came? You know, what has lived up to your expectations and, and what surprised you about the country and about the league? Yes, yeah, so I had a couple of mates who were, uh, who were, playing, who were playing in A-League before. And also, obviously, uh, in Greece, we had a big, big Aussie contingency. So mm. when the offer came... Uh, I spoke with all of them, and they said that uh, that's a right move for me to make. And obviously, I wanted to to work with the boss yet again. And <laughs> no, that's and, a good thing. It's a good thing if you find good bosses. It's important to work with them because it, oh. they have faith in you, and that gives you the confidence to to learn and get better. It, that's that's what he always expect from us. He he always push us to the limits and expect from us to be to always uh, try to learn something new to improve our game and and I'm forever grateful for uh, to him for having uh, trust in me and for how you said to have a good boss no he, for me he is not a good boss for me he is the best boss that I ever had in, in my career and I had some pretty good coaches but from from our gaffer, I, I I learned I learned a lot, and and I can still learn a lot. Well, that's that's the best testimonial anyone can give their their gaffer or their coach or their manager, whatever yeah. you want to call it. What have you made of Melbourne? Oh, Melbourne is an unbelievable city. Like uh, it's it's huge. First, it's it's really big. Melbourne by himself and the sub, sub, suburbs, uh, it has almost. I think even more uh, habitants than my whole country. So, <laughs> so. yeah, but but, but let's understand something. Croatia yeah. has an, an incredibly rich history. Australia yeah. has been around for five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. in terms of true culture and history, uh, unrivaled. Croatia way in front. Uh, the quality of its its uh, talent machine. It has the most incredible uh, football machine. In, in history, if you think about the quality of, mm. uh, of, of the players that Croatia produces and offers up to all the big leagues in the world, it's, it's yeah. extraordinary. It's, it's unbelievable. So what is it? Is I it the know. coffee or the water? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the food. Yeah, you're right. And good, and good, good genes, good yeah. genes. Yeah. Yeah, but like it, it's unbelievable. Uh, 
like throughout the history we had some really unbelievable players and now when you can see what Luka Modric is doing with his oh. 30, 36 years old and he's still the the main man in the biggest uh, the biggest club in the in the whole planet what he is doing and I was I was uh, blessed enough to 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 share a dressing room with him in Dinamo Zagreb first wow. and then after in in uh, in Croatia national team but that that's the type of the player first time when I saw him how he how he behaves how he Calm. how he trains yeah you could see that he's on he's on another level with his 20 21 he was just so much in front of all of us well, let's not forget all the rest of the talent, like Mateo Kovacic, who is doing pretty good in, in Chelsea. Now we had this young gun in, in Red Bull Leipzig, Joško Guardiol. He is a left mm. uh, center back, left uh, left fullback. He can play everything, and he is like he's like 19 years old. And I saw some somewhere that his value was shown like 98 million of euros. Ivan, for, Ivan, uh, in 2008, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur yeah. fan. Yeah. We I signed a young yeah. boy called um, Luka Modric. Do you know how yeah. special he was from day one? I know. I and played against him uh, when he was playing for Tottenham. Wow. In Europe, in Europa League. We yeah. played uh, Tottenham Dinamo Zagreb. Yeah. He tried to score. <laughs> <laughs> well, he still got the passion. He still, uh, there was he a, still there, loves it. There was a video doing the rounds after they beat uh, PSG in the Champions League yeah. and it followed him through the yeah. dressing room. He's jumping around, congratulating everyone. When you shared a dressing room with him, did you ever see him that excited? <laughs> oh, he was, he was, he was excited and he was quite opposite if we didn't play well. <laughs> because he understands, he understands the pressure. Yeah. Eh? yeah, pressure, pressure. And that's what like, as uh, as a professional football player, you need to have that. You Correct. need to have that passion. You need to, uh, it's not like ah okay we we lost the game tomorrow is a new day no you need to still suffer you need to you need to uh, take accountability if you wasn't if you weren't good enough or your teammates and and the things need to be straightened up so but to see him doing that at 36 years old wow it's unbelievable the no, guy's machine well if you the magic is watching his career and uh, I can remember his early days playing for the for Croatia. And he was a revelation, and people were saying he's the next big thing. Well, they were right. His career yeah. has just blossomed, and you're absolutely 100%. At this age, most people are winding down. Mind you, Melbourne Victory has a guy who's about 42 or something, isn't he, in, 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 in the back lines. Uh, you play him almost. He can play in every position except goalkeeper. Yeah. He's the shortest yeah. guy. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. Oh, yes, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Broxen. Broxen. Yeah, Mr. Broxen. He's, He's about Broxen. ninety. Is he ninety-five yet? No, he's getting close. The man, the the man, the mid, the legend. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell us about him because for you, you would have heard about him. But what's it like to have Brock, you know, Lee in front of you or or, or pushing you guys? Because he is remarkable, uh, young man. I can say that because I'm that old. But he is. Uh, at his age, still, he has that spirit of Modric in that he doesn't yeah. let it go. Yeah. Not even like now, not even uh, in, a, in a session like today, we had some possession drills. Yep. And he's there, he's <laughs> grinding, he's screaming, yelling. And he's so, I, 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 I really like, like him. He's like uh, Mr. Reliable. Yeah. You can put him wherever you want. And, accepting and goals, and, Ivan. Accepting goals. Maybe we can borrow him a couple of, uh, <laughs> of centimeters. <laughs> hey, by the way, um, I've seen 
a, a couple of different reports. One says you're 195 and another one says you're 196. Are you growing? Are you still growing? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Reverse Benjamin Button just with the, with the height. It's <laughs> going older and as older. So what I'm is growing. it? No, officially, what are you, Ivan? 196. That's six six foot five. Yeah. That's just tall, mate. <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's very tall. Oh, pretty, no. pretty big. Pretty, pretty big feet. Also. Okay. Now, now there's a secret here. Good goalkeepers understand coffee. What do you have yeah. every morning for your coffee? So funny story. Okay. Until I until I I went to the Greece, <laughs> I never had a coffee in my life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Never had a coffee in my life, and then obviously they're hanging with the maids. Ah, para calor, Fredo espresso diplo, schietto. Very good. Schietto, yeah, that's double espresso, uh, but Fredo, it's cold with a knife. Yeah. Mm. And no sugar. Here I'm just having a long black or, or espresso sometimes, but now when, I, when I'll go home for, a, for an off season, Probably not going to have coffee. <laughs> there you go. It became mandatory. Uh... It, it, look, the Greeks. <laughs> the Greeks have this way. You cannot say no to them. That, that's what it is. No. But uh, no. Just give us a sense now. Uh, you've 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 come to to Melbourne. You've followed your 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 super coach uh, that you have yeah. an enormous admiration for. Um, you you noticed there were some young boys that came to the club that um, that uh, Tony brought in. What you knew, you know, you know football. You know the journey. You knew, and you've mentioned it already that there were going to be little blips and ups and downs before you got going. Do you think the team is right where you want to be at the most critical time in the competition? Yeah, I believe. I believe we are at the at where we want to be for the business we end. Had a, mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 had a like pretty tough schedule. We had thrown a lot of things. Uh, in front of us, but we dealt with them pretty well. And now we just we are waiting. We are waiting for cher- uh, cherry on top. Yeah, the you know, cherry. We just, wanna, we, <laughs> we just uh, I don't know. Josh, it, it, Josh is smiling. A big, the biggest smile any victory fan can have. Well, he's he's smiling. Well, at. we've got a city fan here and victory fan over here, so it can be a divided studio at times. We're both doing well this season, so <laughs> we're both happy. Look, I, I love the game, and I love I love good people who work and care very much. Um, yeah. I'm not mm. 20 a, a years of age, and I don't live, uh, a, you know, win or lose. But it still yeah. hurts in a different way. Mm. For me, for me, because we're part of FNR Football Nation Radio, we were designed five years ago to become the voice of the game, the conscience of the game, and to give young broadcasters, men and women, a chance to grow and learn and make mistakes, but also get better and understand just how important the game is and how many different stories exist within the game. And you're, listening to your story is fabulous, Ivan. Uh, so it, welcome. That's Thank like, you. That, that's, that's life, that's, that's football, that's, uh, that's job, that's everything. You always, if you want to do better, you you will make mistakes, but you just want to improve. You just like what I said. We are not we are not robots. Mm. We are not robots. And but the first the, the most important thing is that you acknowledge your mistakes and and try to learn from them and improve. So that that that's my personal opinion. So maybe people can disagree with me, but this is what I, what I'm thinking. 
Speaking of the fans, uh, you've had a pretty special connection with the fans, it seems, from day one since you arrived. With he speaks their language. Well, <laughs> or Greek. Or yeah, <laughs> well, some, and, some. and everything else. But, uh, you know, especially with the active fans, the, the ultras, the away fans who come to games in different cities, uh, where does that, that, I guess, appreciation and that connection come from with the supporters? But it's just me being me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think like I'm not trying to pretend that I'm something that I'm not I'm uh, how how you see me here I'm like in my personal life always happy mm-hmm. always uh, always smiling uh, look for me coming to the session every morning is a joy yeah. and and that's that's who I am so I think and trust me like in this short period now it's already uh, eight months here I think eight months since I arrived in Melbourne uh, this the club, the fans, the board, the the chairman, the all all the stuff around the coaches, teammates—they were all unbelievable to me. And how can I? I can never repay them that. Like I, I felt like 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 home from uh, since since the first game. I felt like home, and I don't know. Probably maybe maybe they see that when I make mistake, it hurts me, and it hurts them also. But they they support me always. And they supported me always, and. And I want to repay them with a toilet seat on the on the end of the season. <laughs> he already knows the nickname you know, for the trophy. He knows he's, the nickname. Yeah, exactly. It's like you've been following this league for years and years. Jesus. Jesus. Due diligence. Due diligence. Due diligence. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking of making yourself at home, uh, I don't know who we have to blame for this, but we've seen pictures of you in a Carlton AFL hat of late. Thank you. <laughs> now there's a man. I'm a Carlton man here. <laughs> We are the Navy Blues. Uh, we are the Navy geez, Blues. He's good. We are, he's we are good. The old dark Navy Blues. Ivan, if I didn't, yeah. if I didn't care about a, a, a victory player before, there is one now <laughs> I have deep respect for. Thank you very and much. And I was just going to say to Josh, you should add. There's another reason why you have that that special rapport with fans. You're the closest to all of them because you're right there <laughs> next to them. You can hear everything they say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I hear a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not not from, from our fans, usually the positive, but someone, some fans can be. Whoo. Can I just ask you something a bit different? Uh, be, be, playing yeah. in Europe, playing is, is, is very different. Playing in Australia, you fly from one end of the country to the other. How have you found that? Because you're 196, you know, big, big band. Do they do they get you at the front of the aircraft where the seats are a little bit bigger, or near the exit where the, where you get to stretch your legs? Or, or and how have you managed to cope with that travel? Because that's mm. not something you do regularly in Europe, unless yeah. you're playing, you know, World Cup qualifiers and you have to fly, yeah. you know, one end of the world to yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, I need to give a credit to Trimmers, mm. who always takes Paul care Trimboli. of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's my man. I I always get a, a emergency exit row. Wow! So Special there is an extra deal. space. <laughs> Sorry. So there is an extra space for the legs. But look, um, if you start to overthinking it, then it's going to be difficult for you. But sure. mentally, I'm just like, it is what it is. Follow the schedule. Okay, like per game, we had our plane our flight was delayed like three times so we arrived in uh, in our hotel ro- rooms around 4 a.m melbourne time Ooh. and we had the game next next night so but still we we were doing our job we just rest as much as you can 
and and play on. So there is not like I'm I, I'm not the one who is stressing with uh, oh so next week we need to fly four hours so we need to fly to New Zealand or I don't know where. Sure, nah, sure. Just follow follow the schedule. Like okay, Europe. It's usually it's it's different uh, also uh, uh, type of flying. So usually you're flying uh, chartered flights. So Correct. where is only only your team and uh, you go from one destination to another destination and like the longest flight is i don't know two hours if you're, yeah if you're unlucky and you <laughs> need to fly for the for the for the european competition game in azerbaijan or something See. like that then See. that's 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 a bit longer but everything else is like two hours two and a half so yeah. Peanuts, peanuts. Piece of, piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> do you have to do any extra uh, stretching uh, to to make yourself, when you're sitting for so long, do you have a build-in or have you had to build in an extra stretching session, uh, you know, in the, all this long flying? Or is that just part yeah. of your normal yeah. stuff? No, it's part of my normal stuff. For the big guy, I'm pretty flexible. Bravo. So... So yeah, like we have our um, some of our routines on a game day when the, when we have a, like uh, seven forty five game, then we have morning walk, stretching, uh, roller foams, and this, and then like in a, in a dressing room before the game, we do our mobility stuff and, and some things like that, just so you can be prepared for the for the for the game. And this is where also our uh, the man, the myth, the legend, DJ Broxy prepares us perfectly for the games with. With a choice of music, which is unbelievable. Oh golly! Um, do you have a goalkeeping hero? Yes. Who is it? Yes, Gianluigi Buffon. Ooh, a okay. fine choice. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. makes him so special for the for the fans that don't know? Uh, just I remember, like I was what nine, ten, started to playing in in the youth academy of Dinamo Zagreb, and then they, they we were playing against Parma. He was still at the Parma, so it was like before he went back. Ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. original, the first time. Yeah. yeah, 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 and just his presence, and then the saves he pulled, uh, how he was affecting his teammates, how mm. he reli- how how re- reliable he was, uh, GGs, and then Euro 2012, we were in a group with uh, with Italy. And that, that photo is still saved in my in my uh, favorites you know, on my on my cell phone. Like him and I, I look I look much young. I uh, look so young there, <laughs> but but him him too him too. He he okay. looks really young. Fantastic. One no, thing about he, Gigi is that he's an incredibly yeah. uh, superstitious man. And I remember when he retired, maybe from Inta- Italian national team duty, I think it was. He wrote a uh, an open letter to the goalposts. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever read. But it clearly meant a lot to him. Do you, do you have any rituals that you perform before the game? Because goalkeepers, you know, can be uh, uh, yeah a little bit of what, a superstitious. Yeah, yeah just a, just a no. tad. <laughs> no, I was stitch. Let's let's say. Stitious, yeah. stitious, good. <laughs> Just a little stitious, yeah. Little stitious. Yeah. Nah, my my thing is like I always never touch the line when I entering the pitch, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. first like first left leg needs to go across the <laughs> the line, and Very my good. shin pad, my shin pad left needs to be put first, and my glove needs to be left one. Okay, okay. Thank do you, you have uh, do you have lucky gloves? Before yes, now not so much. <laughs> now, yeah. one one of the the jokers they had uh, the, my, my sponsor they had pretty pretty good pretty good run, eh? 13, 13 games undefeated. 
Very yeah. good. There you go. Very well, good. Maybe those are your new lucky gloves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just switching them, just playing with myself, trying to. But you know, that's all. That's all in the. In, do in the do head, you like. do you drive in in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So how like they, how are you coping on the other side of the road? Ah, no problem. Just follow the middle. Just just follow the middle line, and it's to be next to your. Okay, but hang on a second. Uh, you know that in in Victoria and in Melbourne, especially, you can't make a right turn whenever turn. you want to. Hook, hook turn. The yeah. Hook turn. He's, he's, he knows it all. Gee, whoever gave you the information about the A League and Melbourne and Australia, uh, they knew their stuff, Ivan. Uh, listen, I was I was uh, thrown into the lions then first day uh, <laughs> when when I arrived here. Carl Carl Valeri, he mm. <laughs> I did my first session and he just gave me the the car keys oh, and Jesus. he said to me, <laughs> "This Good. one's for you." Good <laughs> he luck. showed me the car. He showed me the car and I was like, "Okay, let's God help us." And still still doing well. Still doing well. Yes. Listen, I've got to say, the Lanco Group and uh, DKP uh, and Associates have been tremendous in in helping us line up interviews with uh, Melbourne Victory. And uh, we've got a couple of other players we need to reach out to, especially uh, the uh, from the women's team who have had a fantastic season. Uh, Kyra Cooney-Cross uh, is a marvellous young talent. And I hope we get to see her full potential realised before yeah. the World Cup next year because it would be wonderful if she actually can mm-hmm. be in that select final, you know, 12 or 15 players. It would be marvellous, not only for Melbourne and for her family and whatever, but uh, also for the club, huge, huge. They've, they've shown you the way this season, coming from the finals <laughs> yeah, to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the girls did, did did unbelievable job, and two years in a row to win the grand finals. It's it's a like testament for the for the club, for uh, for the Jeff, for uh, for the whole team, and like they showed us the way what you can, you what you can do with the grit, with the with the grind, and and how you yeah with the. Mindset. With the mentality, yeah. mindset, mentality, and <clears throat> yeah, it's it's a it's a really nice story, and we we all as as a I think as a whole club we are really proud of, of them. Uh, I'm not going to ask you this question because I want I want us to leave on good terms. I wish you no all worries. the very best. No, no, I wish you all the very best because you're you're a Carlton man for a start. That's more <laughs> important to me than whether you're victory man or not. Uh, but you're a goalkeeper, and I love the story, and I love the fact that you have a tremendous life spirit in you, and I and I and I hope that never changes because it allows you to cope with just about anything. And God knows, goalkeepers have to cope with everything. Even even their own players getting in the way sometimes, yeah. Oh, sometimes they pose more uh, of more a threat than, than, than yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but I, 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 I just to finish my sentence. Sure. My 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 defenders and teammates this year they were unbelievable. They bailed me a lot of times. Mm. Now I hear you. I hear you. But I'm going to ask you a different question now. Uh, overseas, there's some very big games coming up. Who do you think is going to win the European champion? Ah, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, obviously, I have sympathy for uh, Real Madrid and and Luka, Luka Modric, and I love Liverpool. Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. Uh, you're you, in good company what, in Melbourne. You, There's a lot of Liverpool. Tell, tell us about Karim Benzema. Has he not oh, become? Has he not become a very very special player? And and I say that because. 
he was playing at a time when Ronaldo was a star and Gareth, uh, you know, Gareth um, Bale was a star. And, and it just goes to show you how much he gave his game away to help the team. Mm. They're special players because normally uh, strikers or centre forwards, they have an ego that's a very big thing. It's a wonderful thing you have. You need yeah. it. But As a striker, see, especially. Yeah, but when you see Benzema now actually willing uh, Madrid, mm. uh, you could see them against City in the first 20 minutes. You th- they were lost. When I say lost, they were outmaneuvered. But you could see he, w- he wanted – he was angry and he wanted to make a difference, mm. and he did. He did, yeah. Like, I had that luck to play against him. Ooh. Uh, against Real Madrid at that time with Cristiano, with uh, with uh, Karim Benzema, Marcelo, Iker Casillas, Sergio Ramos, sí. uh, yeah. So like all unbelievable players. And that in that game that was ages ago, uh, I saw what Karim Benzema can do because uh-huh. he he was playing the striker, he was playing striker, he's play, he was playing number ten, he was playing winger, he was playing like even like number eight sometimes and his understanding of, of football is is unbelievable he's yeah like his mindset he knows how to deal with every situation and but he was just in a shadow because maybe he wasn't the biggest name of the mm. of the team he was always in a in a shadow of cristiano of, of gary bale of of someone else but now this team uh it runs around him. It run, runs around him. Around how in Spain they say he has big cojones. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. He has. He's been a revelation for those of us who don't yeah. get a chance to see him uh, week in, week out. Um, uh, or even, even though we we mm. do have the coverage that you yeah. know once upon a time was not be available to Australian football fans. Today it's a plethora. We have just about yeah. anything we want whenever we want it. But to see him emerge. And now become this lethal weapon. He really is quite something to behold. And his whole season at Real, and also his efforts uh, playing mm. for France. You know, yeah, yeah. you've got Mbappe. You've got Giroud uh, uh, trying to break the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he still, he still, when he wants to, at the highest level, show what an elite player he is. I think. I think also maybe that's like the old guard OG mentality you know mm. uh-huh. never willing to never willing to give up uh, uh, raised in a maybe difficult uh, yes. environment yes. Uh, that struggle that that you I don't know him personally or I don't yeah, know yeah. his personal life but, but that's that's that, that's just my opinion that the desire to win the desire to to, dem- uh, to demonstrate your your quality and he's just doing everything why did you become a goalkeeper Ivan uh, so I was the youngest in my street. Yep. Uh, you want to play with older boys? You and then they say, okay, you want to play? You go on the goal side. <laughs> and from the first, from the first moment, I loved it. I loved it, and then, and then just became naturally. I I was playing for my school, and then the the scouts of of Dinamo Zagreb they saw me on my first tournament for the school. They called me up, and long story short. The rest is history. Yeah, yeah the rest is history. Uh, but when when Josh said to me, we had we have Ivan Kelleva joining us uh, from Melbourne Victory, I thought oh, that, that'll be interesting. Uh, it's been 
it's been a delight. And I say that truthfully and with uh, great pleasure. We wish you every success, my boy. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the season with your master coach, and he <laughs> still has it there to win. It's uh, yeah. he's still got something to prove. Yeah, and there's that, a young uh, yeah. and the young DJ Broxham. Uh, <laughs> wish him luck too, will you? I will, I will, and thank you guys for having me. It was uh, an absolute pleasure. People who love this game, the most beautiful game of, of the world, and know what they are talking about. It's always a pleasure and. This this conversation can can continue. Well, I think for about a, an hour at least. But. We'll do it again, Ivan. No worries. Yeah, it's no all worries. the very best. It's a long no off worries. season in the A League, so we'll have to catch <laughs> yeah. up with you for uh, <laughs> yeah. over no. over one of your uh, your dreaded coffees and uh, <laughs> special. But only 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 in Oakley. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we can sort that out. Thanks, Ivan. Thank you. Ivan. No worries. Thank you, guys. Thank well you. Well done. Great stuff. Have a lovely uh, day. Yeah. Super stuff. Uh, you know when you do the green room. Uh, and you, you you showcase so many of the talented players that are playing for Western United. We don't always get a chance to do the same sort of thing with, you know, the A-League clubs other than, uh, you know, Western United. Here was an opportunity to reach up and find a, a, a lot more about one of the guys who is a principal player at Melbourne Victory, and you realise very quickly why they're working so well. He's a character. He's, as I say, six foot five, 196, still growing, but he's got a great spirit about him, and that, uh, that augurs well. And he's got trimmers looking out for him and giving oh, him well, the, seat on the, uh, pl- the right seat on the plane. Uh, Paul, which... Paul Trimboli's a god and has been for a long, long time, especially for those who wear dark blue and white. Mm, yeah? He's, he had a magic career at uh, South Melbourne, uh, the, the game's record holder at the club, and he had... You know, the fastest mind. The legs may not have moved at the rapid rate he would have liked, but that mind of his was was just electric. When I hear his name, I think of the uh, the old Pioneers intro music that oh, used to do with yes. George Katsanis and yeah. Trimboli. What vision? What vision? <laughs> that's and it, that's you know, what And that's the reality. Me. That's the reality. But Ivan was tremendous. What a joy to, to catch up and find so much more about, you know, the A-League uh, is, is making a great effort to showcase uh, players that, you know, we've, we don't get a chance to spend any time with. That was a decent half hour. As, as Ivan said, we could have done an hour easy. Yeah, we, we could have gone on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know... We'll get we, him back. We'll get him back. <laughs> uh, George, if we have him on too often, he might take our job, to be honest. So I, think, oh, I don't uh, have a problem with that. Hey, <laughs> hey. New, new F&R he, host. He can, be, he can be the Josh and Ivan show <laughs> on a Thursday night. If we can raise the mic high enough to he, reach him. Well, yeah. I think yeah, we can, we'll find an extension. But <laughs> Lanco Group and uh, DKP and Associates, well done. Bravo. Thank you for, for getting them on board. Uh, more next week, mm-hmm. and we've got a couple of special guests we'll talk about during the week. And we've Thank got, you, Josh. We've got Preston coming up tonight. Ooh. I'm I'm oh. racing off straight away. To before, get the you go, before you go, I want to, I want to congratulate you on that fabulous little t- testimonial you've done oh, for, you. the, for the youngster. Mm. She is dynamite. Eight years old, would you believe? So uh, confident. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's it's probably, nice. That's probably how old Ivan was when he said, I want to play with the older boys. <laughs> and they said, get in goal, mate. Get in goal. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, she's, she plays striker, Tiana. Oh, typical. Typical. Yeah, they go, go to the other end. <laughs> yeah. Wish you well. Thanks, George. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.